0: Your number one dynasty fantasy football podcast featuring Aaron and Anthony. On behalf of 32-Bit, I would like to welcome you to the Dynasty A-Team.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode four of the Dynasty A-Team. And tonight's episode, I am personally very excited for. Um, If you have known Aaron and I before, we tend to get a little bold with our takes. And we definitely like to go back and forth. um, And I know that Garrett and I do that as well. So tonight is going to be a bold take episode where we go back and forth about what we're high on, what we're low on, what's going to happen in this upcoming season. Obviously, all of my takes are right. All of Aaron's takes are wrong. And Garrett, buddy, you're... We're not even going to talk about you right now.
0: I was hoping I was going to get at least 50% on that.
1: Uh, Garrett, uh, what? All right.
2: uh, He's he's just going to fill the role of our safer middle tier, you know, give him some attention and evidently just don't listen to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I like well, buddy, you said that Justin Fields is gonna be a top three quarterback last week, so And I'm ready. I already knew not to listen to I'm ready to to
2: defend it. So let's let's get this show on the road.
1: Man, I'll tell you what, Aaron, that is a bold take. You know what, buddy? Let's start with that. Let's start with you. Give me your bold take regarding Justin Fields for this year.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I actually don't find it that bold, if I'm being totally honest. So I, I think, like you said, my my bold take, evidently, is that he's going to be a top three quarterback for fantasy this season um, to, to kind of break it down for you. I mean, last year he was QB six in PPR leagues, and uh, that was with Darnell Mooney playing half the season. And then his top three leading receivers were Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown and Chase Claypool. Yes, Chase Claypool traded for at the deadline, had 140 yards in a Bears rec- in a Bears jersey, was their third best receiver last year. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, in steps, DJ Moore, you get a healthy Darnell Mooney, you get a full offseason Chase Claypool. Um, they spent their first-round pick, top 10 overall. Darnell Wright at right tackle. They bring in Nate Davis, a guard from Tennessee. And um, so, clearly, they're putting effort into their offense. And I think that when it comes to Justin Fields, Something that I don't think people either remember or necessarily tend to put much stock into. I know that not all college stats translate, so I'm not going to try and use the college stats to tell you that he can play quarterback from a passing standpoint, but his highest rushing yardage season at Ohio State was 480 yards at 3.5 yards a carry. So the fact that he did what he did last year, rushing the ball, that was not ever his thing. But just him wanting to win the games and put his best effort on the field resulted in him setting records last season. So you've got that in the Aaron, rushing how game. Many,
1: um how many rushing yards did he have last season?
2: He had a lot. Do you was, know that off the top of your head? It was over 1,100. Um, I do not have the exact yardage. Um,
1: okay. Let me pull that up <coughs> for you really quick,
2: buddy. But Keep going. obviously with that rushing yardage, this year with the new receivers, I'm expecting the passing to increase um the bears is a team last season they were last in the league in passes per game 22.4 that's obviously got to improve now you've got some weapons no excuses let the ball fly um and then an interesting stat for you because i don't know why you think this is so out there do you happen to know who was first in fantasy points per drop back in the nfl last year
1: I'm assuming you're going to tell me it was Justin Fields. It
2: matches the number one on the jersey. It
1: was Justin Fields. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Point 0.8. <laughs> you draw these comparisons. Just, like, <laughs> man. Oh, he wears number one. He's going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy.
2: So, Hey, you know what? It may be the method because last year he averaged 0.8 fantasy points per drop pack last year, ranking first in the NFL. Um, His passing numbers last year, he finished the season with um, 60.4% completion percentage. Obviously not great, but with a clean pocket, it bumped all the way up to 66.5%. And then what I found interesting in deep diving this was that, I'm curious your take here. What do you think the completion percentage was um, against man coverage for the Bears last year?
1: The completion percentage for man coverage?
2: Yep, just take a guess. I...
1: I would have to probably say somewhere in the
2: 50%, 52%. 50% exactly. Dead last in the NFL. But what I found interesting, because, I mean, when you think about man coverage in the Bears last season, I mentioned the wide receivers earlier. Them not winning man coverage, it kind of makes sense to me. Um, But then when you look at the completion percentage versus zone, which they probably didn't face as much of because, I mean, if you're playing the Bears last year, you're probably manning up their wide receivers. Obviously, but against zone, his completion percentage jumps all the way up from 50 to 70.6%. He was 12th in the NFL against zone coverage last year. Zone obviously being the one where it, you know, you don't have to beat your man one-on-one. He can process the field. You can see the receivers as they get in and out of the zones. They found much more success. And I think that all of those arrows just point to an increase in production this year. He showed what he can do on the ground. And I think that the, total package is just there for him to really take off this season
1: yeah i think you make compelling arguments my thing is with this argument is so you're saying he's going to be a top three fantasy quarterback yep who is he who is going to finish one and two that he is then going to finish behind um in your opinion so give me the two quarterbacks that finish in front of him for fantasy this year um, I mean, I
2: think Mahomes is probably your first lock as far as that goes, and then I mean, if I, I don't know, I mean, I, I think that you could make an argument for him at two. I would say out of Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, you can push one. Okay. I, I, right. I think QB All two is in the cards. Obviously, if I'm going for a draft, and I've got Patrick Mahomes on the board, and I'm I'm feeling frisky at Q, at quarterback for whatever reason. Mahomes is still your safer play, obviously. But I think with the ceiling and the upside, I think that Fields is a play where he can get to quarterback two, in my opinion.
0: Dang.
1: That is, I don't know, man. That is so wild to me. I think after what we saw, what Justin Fields, not Justin Fields, what um, Jalen Hurts did last year, I I don't know how, I I don't foresee a way that Justin Fields finishes ahead of Jalen Hurts. And I mean, even then, like, You've got Lamar Jackson too coming back. He's going to throw for six thousand yards this year, so he's going to completely <laughs> we'll see <shatter>. about that. <laughs> he's going to throw for thousand yards against the Bengals, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Aaron. I I've got to agree with you. Really, I I think um, I think I could see him easily being a top five quarterback. You, when you throw in um, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, it, you know you can definitely make a case to say that there's no way that fields is going to beat those guys but um i'm i'm kind of on your train here i've got a i've got a side with you here
2: yeah i there's i will be the first one to admit there's bias here but the reason that i think that the bias works (laughs) well as i mentioned i mean i gave i gave my stats there's logic to the reasoning but the the thing for my personal bias is the question for him was never his passing when he left ohio state i was never worried about his arm um, so for him to come in and everyone to be like, oh, man, the only thing that needs to come around in his game is the passing. It's like he's got it. That was the part I was least worried about translating to the NFL. So I, I feel pretty confident um, in that take, and I'm excited to see the improvement that is to come this season.
1: Well, yeah, stick to your guns, man. But I don't even think Justin Fields finishes the top five fantasy quarterback this year. I mean, he was six um, last year. Well, is that top five?
2: It's one off. <laughs> First loser,
0: top top six last year with no offense around him. He's got hey. DJ Moore now. He's got pieces. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Hey, we'll see. I'm
1: just mm-hmm. saying, not mm-hmm. top five. For Garrett, sure. yeah. What's your what's your bold take this year? Come on, give me your bold take.
0: Honestly, I'm tired my of hearing biggest, about
1: Ohio State alumni.
0: <laughs> my biggest one, and you alluded to it beforehand, but my my biggest one is Lamar Jackson finishing out. Of the top fifteen in quarterbacks this year. <laughs> you say out of the top fifteen. Take this. Take this one with a grain of salt because the way I'm saying this is, uh, it's it's going to be due to injury. Oh, boo! Now, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. I. Don't like to just rely on that for a bold take, but when you're sitting here and thinking about making decisions for your fantasy team, especially when it comes to dynasty, you have to take into consideration the quarterback's injury history. Um, last year, do you know what uh, where Lamar Jackson finished as far as points goes, uh, total points
1: or points per game?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, where he ranked.
1: Okay, so in total points. No, I do not mm-hmm. know where he uh, finished in total points.
0: He ranked at 14. 14. Is that outside of top 15? Uh, Anthony, we're trying to show you that it's not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> here. Like, gosh.
1: My thing, my thing is, is I have a really, really hard time with that argument because, again, you are relying on that injury. So he was injured last mm-hmm. year, and he still finished 14th. And so what yeah. you're saying is is that he's going to finish outside of the top 15, but you're banking on an injury happening this year.
0: For sure. No, I mean, let, let, me, let me say two things about this. One, if I have an opportunity to draft Lamar Jackson, am I going to pick up somebody else who's much riskier, um, someone who isn't as proven? Absolutely not. Lamar Jackson is so talented. He has such a high ceiling, but... I do have to say I am gonna try my best to stay away from him. If it gets to a point in a redraft league where I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, I can, I can pick him up here. I'm I'm going to if he drops to me, but I'm not I'm not chasing after the man. That's for sure.
1: Aaron, what say you? So I think
2: that I'm I'm not sure where I'm at with this one still because I, I part of me thinks that. You know, Lamar played 11 and let's call it 11 and a quarter games last year. He threw four passes against Denver. We'll count that as a quarter. Um, in 11 and a quarter games, he still finished his QB 14. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's kind of impressive on one hand. But, I mean, I, I don't think I can fault you if if what you're saying is you're not counting him as a, a QB 1 for your drafts this season because you're afraid of of injury and him not finishing within that realm. I think that there's legs and rationale to where I can see someone thinking that way. So part of me agrees. Part of me also thinks that <laughs> you almost kind of sold me more on his his impact potential and how well he did despite how many games he played last year as well.
0: For sure. I'm, you know, again, being a Bengals fan, I'm not here to say that the the Ravens are going to be terrible and they're going to finish 500 on the year or anything like that. But I just, injury is is. It can, his, his history just concerns me so much. There's a reason his contract deal took so long to come through and a reason why nobody else was really looking at him at that point in time besides Baltimore. Everybody's worried about his, his health. So
1: according to fantasy data, um, in a PPR league, uh, Lamar Jackson is currently going as the eighth quarterback off the board. Are you taking him at QB8, yes or no? He's going ahead of Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, um, and some of the other guys that I don't. You think
0: know, you'd I need. might, I I might take Trevor ahead of him. I really like the way that that team is headed, and with the addition of Calvin Ridley this year, plus um, you know, just another another year of experience under his belt with um, a functioning head coach. I'm excited to see what they do. I might go Lawrence over him. Eight's not terrible. Um, I, w- I would heavily uh, consider
2: Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson as well. Herbert did throw for almost 4,800 yards last year with a patchwork wide receiver room, and now they add Quentin Johnston. I, th- I think that he's got some upside as well.
1: Yeah. No, and I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I think QB8 is I think QB a little low. I personally would not let Lamar Jackson fall out of my top five um, at quarterback, but I'm also very bullish on Lamar Jackson for this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll so, we'll get to it later um, before the season, obviously, when we get to some of our redraft strategies and things like that. But I, I think that something important to keep in mind is I, I don't know if any people are arguing his ceiling. Um, obviously, I think that Garrett's point is that one of his drawbacks is just the risk involved. Um, yeah. So I mean, for me with yeah. redraft leagues, I'm looking at that ceiling like, hey, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a solid quarterback with a great ceiling, and then my strategy is I'm a, I'm just gonna pick a safe backup. So. I think Lamar and redraft formats, I'd probably take before eight just because of the ceiling. Um, but I, I see the argument with the risk.
1: Yeah. You know what I think is a, um, is kind of a, a good idea when it comes to Lamar Jackson is you can take Lamar Jackson, but then you can get a guy like Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, uh, somebody like that, maybe even Jared Goff. I would be so happy if I ended up with those two quarterbacks in a league just to kind of safeguard and hedge my bet for Lamar Jackson.
0: Well, Anthony, uh, so far on our first two takes, you have heavily disagreed with the both of us. So go ahead and tell us why you're right. Well,
1: <laughs> the world is a better place, and everybody knows that I'm always right. So I don't mm-hmm. know why this is, this is yeah. any, any discussion so at this point. So
0: what's your bold take that's definitely 100% going to happen?
1: You know what, Garrett? I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to stick with the quarterback theme. Aaron Rodgers will finish outside the top 12 quarterbacks for fantasy. He will finish outside of the top 12. He will not be a QB1 um, to start with. I mean, I've alluded to this in my argument already before. He finished his QB13 last year outside of my top 12. But I understand Aaron Rodgers with that Green Bay offense. That was... It was a catastrophe last year. But... The Jets have the sixth hardest schedule for this year. So 10 of their 17 games um, are against teams that allow the most points to quarterbacks, whereas seven of their 17 games are against teams that allow the least points to quarterbacks. That's one of the only positives that I could find for Aaron Rodgers is that the defenses that he's going to go up against allow a lot of points to quarterbacks. His weapons, you can argue however hard you want about his weapons, Garrett Wilson, massive, massive, massive upgrade over all of the receivers that he had in Green Bay last year. Who else is there at wide receiver for the Jets? Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, Miko Hardman, Alan Lazard, Denzel Mims. Like, <laughs> it's not that great of a wide receiver core. It's really, really not. You've got tight ends. You've got um, Conklin. You've got Uzama. You've got Kunsk. Um, you've got Rucker. Like... I, I, I don't really know what you're going to do at tight end as well. Running back, yeah, sure. You've got Brees Hall, but Aaron Rodgers also had Aaron Jones. Um, you've got Izzy um, Abanakanda. You've got Michael Carter. You've got Bam Knight. I don't know. These weapons are comparable to what he had in Green Bay. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't see it. And then he's got a terrible offensive line. Mike Clay from ESPN grades. This is the worst, the eighth worst unit in the NFL offensive line-wise. The Packers have a much, much better offensive line. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I'll tell you what, it was not lower than the eighth worst unit in the NFL. I don't know how you disagree with this, but please enlighten me, gentlemen, on how you disagree and how I am incorrect.
2: So... I'll, I'll take first swing at this and I, I will say that I don't necessarily disagree with your take of him finishing outside of the top 12 quarterbacks. Um, I think that personally I have him somewhere in the 8 to 12 range myself so I don't think we're super far off there. Um, I am kind of uh, in a different ballpark as far as the weapons goes. I know that you like On the surface level, they're not necessarily great, but Cobb and Lazard were handpicked by Rodgers to begin with, so whether or not there's plausibility to it, if Rodgers likes it, Rodgers likes it. So, I mean, Lazard is going to remain a part of his system. Somebody who I'm high on this season, and I don't even know why necessarily, is McCole Hardman. Um, I think that he is... (laughs) I mean, as a Chiefs fan, I know that that probably you'd feel some type of way about that but i feel like mccall hardman is a weapon that wasn't properly utilized and part of it was due to injury in kansas city but i think there's a lot that he can do in a different dimension to this offense and i'm curious to see how aaron Rodgers takes advantage of um so i mean personally i think that they're in a pretty similar slightly upgraded version of what he was in with green bay and as far as the offensive line goes bakhtiari played like Two games last year and Josh Myers was hurt at center for Green Bay so while they might be a better starting unit that offensive line was just horrible last year for Green Bay from an injury standpoint so I think he's looking at a better situation the systems in the AFC I think are a little bit better for QBs as far as I'm concerned I mean Miami is going to be a shootout um, New England secondary isn't necessarily great. Buffalo is shootout prone. The entire AFC West is a shootout. So, I mean, I think that there's there's opportunity there for Aaron Rodgers to do um, some work this year. But overall, like I said, I'm not too far off on ranking. I, I just think that they're going to be a little bit more efficient. And maybe they'll win some more games with the way that I view them than it appears that you do.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'll take that because you kind of agreed with me, Garrett.
0: Yeah, no, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Hey, um, what did I tell I you? Think, I told you yeah,
1: both that I was right.
0: No, this is, this is relatively accurate, and you could make an argument that Aaron and I have had better takes already since we're getting disagreement, and this is supposed to be bold takes. People are not supposed to like these takes. These are supposed to be off-the-wall stupid, but... Do you know what Aaron
1: Rodgers is currently going as right now, ADP-wise? No, what? QB-5.
0: What? That's crazy. So are we all
2: bold for thinking
1: that's not in the cards? I guess so. All I'm saying is you heard it here first, and you guys are just bandwagoning on to me.
0: I think I I do have to agree with Aaron where I like Green Bay's offense more than—or I'm sorry, uh, the Jets' offense more than you might like them— but yeah, there's no like super crazy star power up in there as far as their offense goes. And, you know, think of thinking of this from a football angle, I don't think the Jets picked up Aaron Rodgers to come in and throw for, you know, a career or a, a record-breaking year and to throw the ball all over the field and to drop 40 points a game. They picked him up because it was somebody that they knew that was going to be consistent and be able to put the ball in people's hands and let their crazy defense do the rest so yeah no there's there's no reason to think that he will finish Uh, like i said think you might be right buddy think you might be right
1: Mm, i know i'm right all right so let's make this a little bit more interesting um so he finished his qb 13 last year you obviously both are probably thinking he's finishing outside of the top 13 what about top 15 does he finish outside of the top 15
0: garrett outside of the top 15 at quarter probably probably not
1: you don't think he finishes outside of the top 15
0: think, i think i think he puts together a solid year so long as the offensive line holds up and can offer him some kind of support
1: okay aaron what about you top 15
2: i think he's definitely top 15 um like i, I think he oh,
1: finishes outside of the top 15
2: I mean, for for me going in with redraft value, I'm personally going to say that he's a a lower-end QB1. I wouldn't call it the end of the world if he was my my QB1 going into the season, but I think that the uh, likelihood of him being a high-level QB2 that you can spot-start with uh, the right matchups, that's where I kind
1: of have him valued at. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I'll have any Aaron Rodgers anywhere at all in fantasy this year. Um, I definitely think he's not going to be a QB1 this year. And I, I I, think that, yeah, he'll finish outside of the top 15. So I guess that's an update to my bold take outside of the top 15. Okay. There you go. There we go. Now we got bold. How does that feel, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, the, the Dynasty Get A, a train is rolling and <laughs> a Ron Rodgers is not on board.
1: <laughs> All right, a Ron Nyhart. Um, Give me your other bold take that you have prepared for us tonight. Yeah,
2: I mean, since we're in the doom and gloom, I'm going to give one that's more based on premonition than than much because there's not probably a lot of stats that back this up, but I think Josh Jacobs goes from running back one to outside the top ten this year. I
1: would Um, love that.
2: Personally, I... (sighs) I don't want to say that I'm in the uh, camp of the senile older baseball fans that make contract years such a big deal, but I kind of view Josh Jacobs as a guy who might have had a contract year moment last year. I mean – We didn't see it. Everybody loved him coming in. It was a great situation. There's a lot of hype around Josh Jacobs, and he somehow went from a guy you were taking in the third round and still swinging and missing on to a guy who finished running back one out of kind of the blue last year. Um, So, I mean, looking at Josh Jacobs right now, he's currently under the franchise tag. He hasn't signed the tender. Um, so it's basically a decision right now where he's either going to Le'Veon Bell it, or he's going to be extended going into the season. So, I mean, if he's paid and extended, then it's no longer a contract here. He's got that security and he's got the, the money in the bank as far as that's concerned. So I think that you could see a revert back to the original um, mindset for Josh Jacobs. And again, I don't I don't have the stats to back this up necessarily. But I mean, Jimmy G's arm does not intimidate defenses like Derek Carr. Not that Carr does a ton, but I think with Jimmy G, you're going to see a lot more people in the box. Um, The tight end is going to be different this year. It's either going to be Austin Hooper or Michael Mayer, a rookie tight end, which is going to be a little bit different for the offense. And the offensive line's kind of mid to begin with. I I know he did it last year, but having 340 carries last season when his previous career high was 273... um, Derrick Henry kind of busted this myth, but 300 carries is a magic mark for running backs where usually the the next season doesn't bode too well. Um, So whether it's the 12 touchdowns, the amount of carries, the, the contract situation, I don't have a whole lot to back it up because he was ultra efficient last year, but I just don't see it happening again.
1: Well, I actually find that really interesting because his rookie year, he was also just as efficient. He just had less carries. It it was incredible what Josh Jacobs did last year. I mean, he he had 19.3 fantasy points per game. That is insane. That is four points higher per per game than his highest in his career before that. He had 15.4 in 2020. Josh Jacobs turned into an absolute monster last year. But I do agree with you that 300 carries is a lot of carries and it's a lot of wear and tear. On a on a running back,
0: Garrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is very difficult uh, to to try to recreate year after year, especially for that position specifically. Dynasty wise, running backs tend to carry less value just because they normally only have what four five years of truly consistent great ball carrying. Uh, the other part that I can uh, agree with you here on Aaron is just the state of las vegas right now there's a lot of questions around that team what are they going to wind up looking like and i'm i'm one i tend to believe my in my very first fantasy league ever uh i was i don't know maybe nine years old and i was asking my dad what kind of help i could get or you know give me some some advice here and he was like really just pick uh pick players on winning teams because those teams are going to have good offensive production all around and more consistent production, which is very important in fantasy, Is that consistency. And this year uh, we might not see any consistency at all from Las Vegas.
2: Yeah. And I mean, as I did my research for this pick, I'm not going to lie that there was things that surprised me in favor of Josh Jacobs, but the fact that they were so surprising still just doesn't inspire me that the likelihood is going to continue. He's caught 64 balls the last two years which is great. Um, He's caught how many back. balls the last two years? 64, both the last two seasons, um, which is a number way higher than I was expecting to see.
1: So, Interesting, because I, mean, I only have him at just about 50 for each of the last two seasons. Well, Continue on Sorry Strike it from the
2: there. record. He's caught more balls than I thought. I didn't think he was much of a pass catching back. I don't have too much Josh Jacobs um, shares in my my dynasty leagues, but... I'm just, I'm kind of out on him as a running back one. I'm guessing in redraft leagues, you're going to see him going probably back end of the first round if I had to guess. And I, I would rather take okay. swings at some of the younger backs this year than I would be to go after Jack, Josh Jacobs with that contract situation and with you not knowing what it's going to look like with Jimmy G. So, I mean, yeah, make, no let's, you know, run a little practice here because I'm curious you guys' takes. Let me know if you'd rather have Josh Jacobs or or some of the following running backs because I'm just curious. Give it to me. Are you taking Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb? Nick Mm, Chubb. I would take Nick Chubb. All right, I'm rolling Chubb. Um, Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard? As it sits.
1: Tony Pollard.
0: Yeah, Tony Pollard. Josh Jacobs or Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Hmm. I really like Brees Hall's potential, depending on what the board's looking like. I might go Josh Jacobs there, just, um, again, out of consistency and experience. Jacobs
2: or ETN?
0: Jacobs.
1: Yeah, probably Jacobs at that point. Kenneth Walker?
0: I'll go Ken Walker. I like Walker a lot.
1: Nah, I would take Uh, Jacobs over Walker.
0: I forgot Seattle loaded the running back room for no reason. <laughs> Cause I mean, I was so for excited me. for him this year. I'm pissed about that
2: for me. I'm I'm looking at this list right now of the current ADP and I'm, I think that Jacobs in the tier that I would throw him in where it'd be a, a debate for me would be the Najee Harris, the Ramondre Stevenson, um, the JK Dobbins tier. That that's kind of where I, I have Josh Jacobs fitting in my head, which for a running back one from last year seems a little absurd for me, but I'm skeptical.
0: I think I'd go. I think I'd go Ramondre Stevenson over Josh Jacobs. I like that guy a lot. I'm excited to see what he does this year. And I think I'm hoping New England uh, fantasy wise. I'm not a New England fan, but I'm hoping New England can kind of start piecing some more things together this year.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I'm actually looking at it now. Josh Jacobs is going as RB six off the board. Wow. Holy cow. That is that's rich for me. I do want to go back and make just one correction, though. I said that I was using um, fantasy data for ADP. That was average ADP over so many seasons. Aaron Rodgers is currently going as QB 15 right now, so I would be happy taking Aaron Rodgers at QB 15.
2: Oh, yeah. So much less bold. We're we're normal.
1: All right, Garrett, give me your bold take. This
0: one, um, so there's a wide receiver that I really like, and I wound up picking him up in a trade trade. Uh, just before the rookie draft this year, I think you could be looking at DJ Chark being a high-end wide receiver, two this year.
1: Oh, Jesus, I thought you were going to say a wide receiver one. I was like, oh, geez, there no. goes our credibility.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where Where is DJ Chark this season? Carolina.
0: Carolina? Yeah, man,
2: I mean, I, it took me a second to think through that. I'm sure our listeners are probably as concerned as I am <laughs> with this right now. <laughs>
0: So-called fantasy expert Aaron over here. Um, (laughs) No, no. Uh, So, yeah, DJ Chark, I think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver, too. I'm very, very excited for this team fantasy-wise. Of course, there's questions around quarterback. It doesn't matter what pick you have. It could be the number one overall pick and you take a quarterback, or it could be in the third round. If you're starting a rookie quarterback, you don't know what's going to happen. But obviously there's a lot of potential there in having the number one overall pick this year. Carolina finished with basically nobody a quarterback finished seven and 10 last year and um, there was there was some offensive power around uh, whoever this mysterious quarterback may have been at any given point in time. It was Baker Mayfield and I don't know there was a rotating door of like four quarterbacks in Carolina last year. Hey. But so now we're sitting here, we have a hopefully a consistent quarterback coming in. DJ Chark has shown that he can be productive in general. Again, not anything too crazy, not anything too flashy, but he can he's shown that he can be worth playing from on certain weeks depending on the matchup. Uh, and he hasn't had a lot of help around him with his teams in the past. But now we have a solid quarterback. And on top of that, DJ Chark also has Jonathan Mingo on the other side of him. So we'll have Mingo taking up some of the coverage as well. And on top of that, Carolina has the sixth easiest schedule this year. So I'm really, really excited to see what this offense can produce with a shiny new quarterback.
1: Uh, I think it's also worth noting, too, that Adam Thielen is also playing in Carolina as well.
0: Oh, yes, of course.
1: Yep. I, so when you say a high-end wide receiver, too, Garrett, Mm-hmm. Give me like wide receiver what? Where do you think he like where do you think that high end number 2 is?
0: Over 20. We'll say between 20 and 15 and 20.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. So let me let me ask you this then. Wide receiver 16 is Amari Cooper. Would you take DJ Shark yep. over Amari Cooper?
0: Um no, because I don't have to. DJ Chark at this point in time is going where? I looked it up earlier. I forget exactly, but it's it's low. It's, it's in that like 30 to 40 range where he's being picked up.
1: Uh, DJ Chark is wide receiver 56, according to Fantasy Pros. Oh, my gosh.
0: I don't think he's that low. So, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I guess you could say he's going to be a, a, a sleeper pick for me this year, but I think he could do it. I think it's very possible. I think he has that capability with this fun and exciting new new team, the new Carolina Panthers.
1: Okay. This is something that I think I could probably get behind. Um, I I like the idea of what Frank Wright can do for this Carolina Panthers team. And if I'm getting DJ Chark at wide receiver 56, uh, I've probably already grabbed a few wide receivers ahead of that so it's nothing more than just an upside play i mean he's down here next to michael thomas darnell mooney alan lazard nico collins tyler boyd
0: um yeah yeah. no there's a lot of those names that you just said too that are really fun picks and picks that i've made in the past that have helped me do well in fantasy
1: yeah no it's not bad what do you think aaron how do you feel about this um, I think it's a pretty
2: high, um, <clears throat> high bar for DJ Chark to accomplish with a uh, low quarterback. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I, I think that the boldness of the take just belongs in the fact that I don't know if I would see DJ Chark as the wide receiver one on this team. So to, to be the number two, a, a wide receiver two in fantasy, um, I'm intrigued, I will admit, obviously, Though it took me a second to realize DJ Chark was on the Panthers roster, I have not put in <laughs> much thought into who the wide receiver one could be. Um, so I do think that there is the opportunity that is not being realized clearly through the ADP. I think if you look at all of the Panthers wide receivers, I would be shocked if any of them are inside of like the top forty. Um, maybe people think Adam Thielen are, are, is still hanging around um, at his ripe age, but I've got.
1: Adam Thielen at wide receiver 60 and Jonathan Mingo's wide receiver 92.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, I think that the whole Panthers offense and me included, we're, we're sleeping on the opportunity as a whole here. Somebody's going to have it. Um, so, I mean, I, I like the upside. I appreciate and respect the, uh, the claim going as high as you did. Um, this was something not on my radar and the Panthers are going to have, they're going to have to be someone that I look into when I sit down to make my rankings, because there's opportunity to play here. I think you saw DJ Chark last year in Detroit um, with Jared Goff's resurgent year behind that offensive line. Chark showed some, some potential. Um, he kind of slept away some games and he, he popped a couple times to where that's a very juicy pick and, I wish you best, and I might have to consider going on on that same trip of, hey, if I can get DJ Chark for a flex play, um, that might be, you know, that that could be nice.
0: Yeah. I don't have all of his uh, teams off the top of my head or in front of me or anything, but as far as I can remember, DJ Chark hasn't really had an opportunity to be a number one wide receiver on a team. And I think now he looks around this wide receiver room. You got a young Jonathan Mingo coming in. You have an aging Adam Thielen coming in. And um, again, this is a brand new team. This is not going to be the same Carolina Panthers we saw last year. So um, I think it's going to depend on Chark's personality and uh, where he sees himself in the NFL because if he can see himself if he says this is my number one spot and he I think he can make it happen there like you said Aaron there's definitely opportunity there and I mean at the end of the day you could make I don't know about Adam Thielen I'm kind of out on him but I think you could make a case for Jonathan Mingo doing something similar to what I'm saying where he does so much better than you were expecting just because that opportunity is there there's nobody else T. Higgins is an incredible wide receiver and Jamar Chase is an incredible wide receiver. But, you know, T. Higgins has, he has to compete for those catches because Jamar is just an absolute dog and obviously that's Joe's number one guy. But you're seeing an exact opposite thing going on in Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I think I would probably view DJ Chark as more of a wide receiver three flex play, uh, kind of where Aaron was saying. Um, I... I appreciate the boldness, Garrett, because that is Mm -hmm. that is a bold, bold take. You're saying he could be right around, right around 20. Let me tell you what. Yep, I'll buy you the nicest dinner you've ever had if DJ Chark finishes at wide receiver 20.
0: Oh, I'll remember that. Yeah, and it's recorded too, so you're done for. Yep, I'll buy you the
1: nicest dinner you ever had. I'll take you to Ruth Chris. I'll take you to um, (laughs) what's that guy? Um, that steakhouse. Um. Jeff Ruby. Jeff I'll take it to Jeff Ruby. I'll take it to the precinct if he if he finishes wide receiver 20. So my bold take, my last bold take, our last one of the night, is for someone that Garrett loves, Samaje Pirine. Samaje Pirine did a lot of great things for the Bengals. I am saying that Samaje Pirine will have the best year of his career. He will go and finish. With over a thousand yards from scrimmage and will be a top fifteen running back. To put that into perspective, Samaje Perine is going as RB forty five, RB forty five
0: on fantasy. I'm taking Pros. him all day. I am taking him all day long.
1: Yeah, RB forty five from Fantasy Pros. Samaje Perine is in a super super good situation right now. First of all, Denver did not inject a lot of talent into their running back room. Javante Williams is still questionable for week one. Javante Williams is still questionable for, like, the first half of the season. He he has an ACL, a PCL, and an LCL injury. That is the same injury that both Carson Wentz and J.K. Dobbins suffered, having all three of those ligaments injured. And we know what kind of happened with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins didn't really kick back on until, like, the last quarter of the season. Um, Now, he did have some issues where he did have to go in and kind of get some scar tissue taken down and whatnot. But even then, like, if we're putting Javante Williams on the same timeline as J.K. Dobbins, I'm happy with taking Samaj P. Ryan at that point. Samaj P. Ryan, his previous career best was 603 rushing yards. He had a rushing touchdown. He also had 22 receptions, 182 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. That was back in 2017, back when he played for... Um, Washington. So he was a capable fill-in for Cincinnati last year. In the three games that um, Joe Mixon mixed, missed, um, he played 70%, 80%, and 83% of the snaps. Um, that w- those were the only three games that he played over 45% of the snaps. How many points do you guys think he averaged in those games?
0: I couldn't tell you, but I do remember that Samajé Pirine absolutely ran through Aaron Steelers that night that Joe Mixon got concussed. He averaged
1: 25.3 points per game in those That is games. so many. That is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Denver has the eighth best offensive line, according to Mike Clay from ESPN. Samaj Pirine is in such a good spot to absolutely smash his ADP. And... With the way that Javante Williams is going in his road to recovery, I know that Sean Payton is saying, oh, he's our starter. He's he's going to be ready for week one. Every single place I look, every medical opinion I am seeing, Javante Williams is not as far ahead as everyone thinks he is. So it could be just smoke and mirrors. I'm telling you, Samaj P Piran, he's going to be a top 15 running back. I'm going to have a lot of Samaj P Piran on my teams this year. Do you think that with the Sean Payton
2: experience in Denver this year, do you think that Samaje Pirine better fits that Alvin Kamara-type build than Javante Williams?
1: He could. He very well could. Um, the, thing, the only thing that I am concerned with is Pirine hasn't shown a— he hasn't been thrust into a large pass-catching role, um, kind of like that Alvin Kamara-esque build that you're referring to um it's not saying that he couldn't do it but I, I i i don't really know much about the receiving upside that smudge p ryan would had i'm more so um kind of just talking like i i envision seven eight hundred rushing yards and then we're getting like the two three hundred um receiving yards yeah i mean i think that you bring up a great point with, with the
2: ADP. And I was just kind of curious. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, unsure what that offense is going to look like. Um, so for me, I think that the bold claims are, are warranted. And I think you bring up a great point as far as the value goes with the opportunity. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens in Denver this year. Does Russell Wilson figure out how to play quarterback again? Does that team magically just get fixed with Sean Payton reentering the, uh, the arena? What, what happens in Denver? Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I I think that there's top 15, maybe a bit extreme um, for, for my taste, but I think that the value is, is something that I'd absolutely agree with.
0: Yeah, definitely the values there. And if there, there's always players, wide receiver, running back tight ends that, that fall and then completely, like you said, smash their ADP. And those are the types of picks that win you fantasy championships. And uh, Samaj P Ryan could be that guy for a lot of teams this year.
1: Yeah. Going back to your point about um, Samaj P. Ryan fitting more of that role of Alvin Kamara. So I'm looking at Javante Williams' college stats, and he, he didn't have really any receiving production whatsoever at North Carolina. So, yes, if we're choosing between Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan for that Alvin Kamara role, yes, I do believe that Samaj P. Ryan would fill that role better in a Sean Payton offense than Javante Williams would. Based upon historical data, yeah, I mean, there,
2: there's certainly upside to that. Um, obviously, I, I think Javante Williams, from an investment standpoint, um, is still going to warrant some immediate um, touches when he returns to action. Or returns to action, um, it could be a little different just because it's a new regime that didn't take Javante Williams. So, I mean, we've seen that with a couple of these. Uh, teams over the last couple of years where if it's not the same system that invested in you, they're not going to treat you the same way. I'm not saying that they're going to do that with Javante Williams, but um, if if Piran gets off to a hot start and Javante Williams isn't even there to fight for the job, it's going to be hard to turn that back.
1: Yeah, I think that's more so where I'm looking at it is I, I just don't envision a world where Javante Williams comes back and is this explosive just sheer bell cow number one running back. I want that badly for him because Javante Williams was my number one running back in that class. Um, but I just, I don't know. I mean, even with just ACLs, like we're seeing these, these guys take about a year to come back. I mean, we remember Saquon Barkley, um, coming back and that, that was a slow first year back. But when you have multiple ligaments injured, uh, it, That's that's a tough thing to come back from right away. And I don't know. I think, I mean, like Garrett said, I think I'm taking him all day at that price. And I, I don't know. I think Samaj Piran is going to be a league winner this year, y'all.
2: And we've had a couple league winners in today's episode. and I mean, if you stack Justin For- Justin Fields, DJ Chark, and, and Samaj Piran in your first three rounds, you're going to get some looks, but you might win some leagues. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Well, gentlemen, I do believe those were some pretty spicy takes. I think the spiciest one, though, was the Justin Fields going as the top three as a top three uh, fantasy quarterback that. Oh, my goodness
0: gracious. That is Anthony. I don't I don't hate it as much as you did. And at the end of the day, if my Arlington Renegades can somehow win the XFL championship, Justin Fields can easily be a top three quarterback this year.
1: You're an Arlington Renegades
0: fan. Oh yeah, buddy! I picked him at the start of the year, and then I didn't watch a single game until the championship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I um back when the XFL first started, I was a big Seattle uh, Sea Dragons fan, so I was very excited mm-hmm. when they were doing well, and then the then the Roughnecks kind of you know roughed them up a little bit. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. There's always next year. At least I got a um, Super Bowl winning um, quarterback and team right now in the uh, NFL. So
0: God, I'm gonna get real tired of doing a podcast with you real quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Gentlemen, it is always a fun time to get together with y'all. I really like these bold takes. I really like when we get to kind of go back and forth and debate a little bit. So I'm I'm looking forward to more of the offseason with that. Any closing remarks, any closing thoughts um, for the good of the world? I
2: mean, I, I would end by saying I, I'm kind of off put by the USFL comp comments it's the spring and summer so i mean it's nascar on sundays for here so i hope that you're enjoying your racing fix while it's racing season um aside from that i'm excited to see where we're going with this podcast and uh we're gonna keep the hot takes coming
1: well um just for everyone out there we are no longer a a fantasy football podcast we're now a fantasy nascar podcast hey if you need if you need
2: your dfs winners at aaron Nyhart on twitter i'll get you i'll get you some winners
1: Buddy, I saw your Daryl Waltrip tweet today, and it geeked me out, man. I just saw it. I was like, "What is this guy tweeting about right
2: now?" <laughs> you know, if, if you don't, if you know, you know. Daryl Waltrip is the commentating goat of NASCAR. Good boogity boogity boogity, right, boogity boys,
1: before... it's time to go racing. Good lord! All right, hey, look, we're still trying to build up our fan base, and I think we just lost about half of them from this NASCAR talk. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be with you guys next week. Go out there, win some championships, win some leagues. That's how you do it in the offseason. Thanks, everybody.